Welcome to Vegas Circle with Pac and Chris. And today, joining the circle with us, I'm excited to sit down with this guy, man. He's a talented uh, marketing entrepreneur and agency owner. He's been featured in dozens of publications, including Yahoo, Fox, ABC, and Entrepreneur. Uh, he currently runs Agency Box, as well as his own marketing uh, consultant agency. So we've got Mr. Dylan Van Nass. I got to say it right, man. Welcome <laughs> <laughs> to the circle, brother. Thanks for Dude, joining. You got a... You, I almost said that joke. You got a face for radio now. I, when I, when I was, about, I was gonna say is you got a, you got a voice for podcast, man. You, you like your voice is very uh, impactful. Yeah, so we got to run the recording on that. So we got to put Dylan on the uh, on our advertisement for us. But uh, but it's good, man. It's good to have you, man. It was good because we met you through Jeremy Siegel, which is a great friend of ours, a good guy. Uh, we got a chance to meet you at our, our anniversary party a couple weeks back, and. Um, Started doing the research on you, man, and you uh killing it. Yeah, thank you. Uh, thank, thank you. Yeah, you run your your first. You built your first seven figure company at, at 21 years old. Mm -hmm. And uh, what was that? How how did you put that together <laughs> that young? And yeah, um, so I, I made a post yesterday or a couple days ago on Instagram, and I talked about how sometimes our biggest strengths are also our biggest weaknesses. And so um, mine was young blind ambition. Mm -hmm. So from the moment I was. 14, 15, like I knew I just wanted to like run businesses. I wanted to, you know, be like in a leadership position and doing cool things. Yeah. So I found out uh, this, this, I uh, went to this leadership program when I was 16 and one of the, like the guys running it, um, he approached me a couple years later and said, Hey, um, we run this company and uh, we're, we're only based in the U S and we'd love for you guys, you to expand to Canada for us. Cause I was living, I'm from Canada originally. And I, I was like, oh, tell me more about it. And uh, so they had done $30 million in revenue in like their first couple years. And um, Canada was totally untapped. So the way it worked is it was kind of like um, they were like my mentors and they kind of like taught me the business, but it was all my own business. Sure. You know, so almost like a franchise, but not a franchise at the same time. And, uh, and so uh, they took me under their wing, showed me everything. I had to know, and, and the business was selling flying squirrels. Oh, interesting. Okay, I thought that was a joke. So I was like, there's no <laughs> right. way that he actually sold. Real live flying squirrels. $30 million in revenue flying, selling flying yeah, squirrels. Yeah, they, they sold over 100,000 of them Oh wow! Um, at the time. Oh, jeez. Um, yeah, and so basically they're called sugar, sugar gliders. Oh, yep, I've, I've seen them. They're, they're like cute. marsupials from Australia. They have these like webbing from their arms. To their, oh, their, I've seen those, yeah. yeah. They're adorable. And they're, they are adorable, <laughs> yeah. And they uh, when you train them right, they make really, really great pets. So people love them. Um, okay. And so the way we sold them is we would basically go uh, set up like um, basically educational tents at like festivals and uh, home shows and stuff like that. People were the places where there's a high amount of foot traffic and people who wouldn't maybe be looking for something like this. But uh, when you tell them about it, they would become interested um, like like most things. So, yeah, I did that for a couple of years. And I think my first year we did over a million dollars in sales oh, wow. um, for that. Um, but uh, over time, I realized like. Basically, I was I had no life. I had a sales team of like twelve people, three different cities at once. We were traveling, living in trucks, living in like vans, living out of motel sixes, and mm. it's not a way to live life. So, mm. um, when I kind of figured that out, I'm like, yeah, I'm basically I'm making you know good money as a 21 year old, but I have no life. Like, what whatever they want to be, and that's when I slowly look for other stuff and other opportunities. You know, it's interesting. You know, having that much success that young, though, I think it makes you know a fall or a retraction even more difficult because at that point, I would assume you're on top of the world. You know, you're <laughs> making a ton of money, you're yeah. living your best life, you have a huge padded bank account. But ultimately, you would think that you know once you're trying to make a decision to go away from that, it's hard to create that sustainable income in a different avenue. How did you kind of make that adjustment? Yeah. So um, 
when you make that kind of money, especially young, any age, when it comes fast, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. don't respect it. Like if exactly, you look at these, yeah. there's a lot of kids online. I call them kids because that's what they really are. Even if they're older than me, they're posting in their Balenciaga, they're driving the Lamborghini, and they're traveling to a different destination every every single every every weekend. Um, but you can tell that it was quick money and not hard-earned money. And I was in that situation. I thought I was a god. And so what I did is I basically told these two guys who brought me under the wing and showed me everything they knew to, to F off. And I went and started my own thing. And um, and it wasn't the same business. It was a different business. Um, but I it flopped. I lost all the savings I had. I was 50 grand in debt. And yeah. um, I tried a few more businesses during that period of time. And nothing worked. And I called my mom up um, when basically at my lowest low and said, hey, mom, I'm coming to visit for a week because I didn't want to admit I'd lost everything. Oh, and wow. I went and stayed with my parents, my mom, my mom and dad. And I went back to, in Canada, or mm-hmm, yeah, okay, back in yeah. Canada. Yeah, um, I was actually still up there at the time. And um, and I went through all my childhood belongings and sold everything I had that was worth more than twenty bucks to save up enough money to crawl myself out of debt. And I ended up getting hired to do a sales job um, in a mall. You know those people in mall kiosks that try to oh, stop yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, oh, of course. I was that guy. Uh, okay, <laughs> okay. Yeah, that laugh. That's where you got your people. Yeah, that's where you got your people skills from. Yeah, that's where you get your face yeah. getting smashed in. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I did that for a holiday season. I saved up enough money to basically restart my squirrel business. And I went back to these guys that I screwed over and said, hey, guys, would like humbled myself. Would you guys let me uh, to do it again? <laughs> and they, being really great dudes, said, yeah, sure. Like, let's, you know, let's try this over again. So I reinvested. I, I did everything. I saved up enough money. And I worked my butt off um, for about a year. Saved up enough money where I wouldn't have to grind forever. Um and uh, and then I started my marketing company after that. So basically, I saved oh, up enough money where I didn't need to like. So in in the in my marketing uh, agency, I currently have when I was first starting it, and I tell this to everyone that I work with is if you're trying to like fight for a deal, people can like feel that on you. It's like if you're an actor going to LA and you're trying to like get an audition and you need that that gig to pay rent. Like yeah. they they're gonna smell they that, that energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like blood is in the water. Like yes, they know exactly. Yeah, they know they they know it. Yeah. So. So yeah, so uh, because I had enough money saved up, I didn't have to like put out that desperation of I'm trying to get a deal, and that allowed me to like play the long game, build relationships. Not ever uh, like we were talking about our mutual friend earlier. Yeah. Like he's never asked for anything from either one of all of us. He just yeah. adds value. And when you come from that, opportunities come from when you come from that place. Yeah. Opportunities come like just through that. No, so so right. Yeah. So yeah. So then that, that's what that's kind of the transition I made from running that company and making money and then to running what I do now. And how important do you think that like failure is to like your current success? Like going through that, you know, at a young age, developing that leadership, crawling yourself out of that, you feel more stabilized now in your current business and like a much better position of success. Yeah. Yeah. You need, I was, I was not a good, I was, I mean, I was a good person on Mm -hmm. the base level, but I wasn't like, I wasn't the person I'm now like uh, being rocked a few times, like down to your knees to the point where you're literally like, like I'm literally crying as like an adult man mm-hmm. because I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Like that brings out character in you. Like I'm almost like, you know, feeling that now it's yeah. like, it brings out this side of you where like now I respect, like now, like, I, you know, I made mistakes and I, I cut people out of my life with blind ambition. Like I said earlier, like I would mm-hmm. do anything it took to like takes to get to the goal. Whereas now it's like I put people over profits whenever I can. I put people first. Like the people that were with me in my lows, I'm never going to forget that. And they're always going to be with me. And I'm always going to support them. Mm-hmm. But I didn't think that way like five, six years ago. At that point, it was like if you're – I used to see people as either an opportunity or an obstacle. 
that's not the way you should look at yeah. people. You look at people as people, treat them like people, take care of them. And then eventually, you know, whether you get something out of it or not, who cares? Like, yeah. so um, the failure allowed me to see people for what they truly are as like just good quality human beings and just allowed me to truly be humble and not, not be like, you know, cocky and arrogant and stuff like, yeah. like those kids in the Balenciaga with the Lamborghinis. Yeah. No, I'm glad you brought that up because you, you hit off so many different things mm-hmm. where it's like the learning and th- things that you get hit with getting punched in your face and then having a tail between your legs and going back home. <laughs> you got on the the radar for entrepreneur. So that that's what's crazy. So you're actually a writer for entrepreneur, right? Mm-hmm. From my understanding. And they actually interviewed you from mm-hmm. my understanding too. So how did you get connected with with entrepreneur? And it's, it's entrepreneur magazine. Mm-hmm. From my okay. Yeah. So like entrepreneur.com, I, I'm a contributor yep. for them. Um, and um, I can give you like the sexy answer or like the the truth answer. Sure, um, I'm, yeah. I'm kind of like a no bullshit person. I, really <laughs> yeah, I like this. it. Yeah. But the, the sexy answer is that I write articles for them and uh, I, I write like, you know, about two a month or so mm-hmm. um, and publish them. And I could, I write about whatever I want to write about, but for the most part, it's like marketing type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the non-bullshit answer is they have a program called the Entrepreneurial Leadership Panel, which you apply to be a contributor for and then you can write for them. Awesome. So for me in the marketing space, I saw it as a really good branding opportunity to be able to write for them. And also it's just fun, you know, being able mm-hmm. to write for a publication like that. Of course, so I yeah. applied um, and then um, they accepted me, which is cool. They don't, it's actually pretty hard to get in. So you do need, you do, it's not like they accept everybody. You yeah. have to pass a lot of different like levels of, I don't know what their process is. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so now I, I write for them. Um, I don't write enough. I probably should write more often, but sitting down and writing a, thousand word article takes a long time yeah, uh, yeah i can't even imagine so. we talked about it before with the blogs and yeah, everything that's there is yeah it's no joke yeah. I'll, I'll tell you guys well, a hack though you guys want to learn like the, a way where you can write uh, like 10 blogs in five minutes yeah of course yeah okay so there's a tool called jarvis j-a-r-v-i-s dot a-i you know it's funny i uh i don't want to say it on here but i use a similar type of service <laughs> <laughs> so uh what jarvis is it's cool is um, it's actually AI, it's AI generated mm-hmm. and you give it prompts and it'll write a whole section after that. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, it's, I, I'm not sure exactly what you use. A lot of, there's a lot of services out there for like, there's people overseas that'll write stuff. Mm-hmm. There's literally minute by minute. You can type in whatever you want to type in. It'll spit out like two more paragraphs. You can edit them as needed and then you, it'll, you hit compose, it'll write more. Mm-hmm. And so what's cool is it's, it references the previous stuff that was written. So if you edit it to write more, so it'll start writing in your tone after a few, a few, like, uh, oh, that's sick. And it's an AI product. That's, yeah, yeah that's is. sick. Yeah. And, um, and so I've written, I've actually written a whole book, uh, using it in, I've, I wrote a book in like half a day. Oh, wow. Uh, using <laughs> it. Yeah. That's so legit. that's interesting. But that's the future of everything. Voice is the future <laughs> of, of everything. Man. AI, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's going to be so yeah. revolutionary to all so many industries in ways that you haven't even thought of yet. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> sick. I'm, I'm going to definitely check out Jarvis for sure. So yeah, you've got, you've got multiple things you've done. You wear m- multiple hats. You also built a company called Monopolize, from my understanding. Mm-hmm. What what is Monopolize? I saw it was brands and kind of building personalities. And I saw it was like finding your voice and how you guys put everything together. Um, yeah, Monopolize is so is my marketing agency. So I have, I have okay. two companies. I have Agency Box. Okay. It's like a white label fulfillment software for other agencies. Okay. So other agencies out there, they want to be able to access more products. Let's say there's like they're like a social media management agency. Okay. All they do is social media content. Mm-hmm. But they their clients are asking them, hey, do you build websites? Do you run ads? Do you do all this gross all this other stuff? And they don't. So they can use Agency Box where we have. Uh, about 15 services we offer where they can go on, they can purchase them and then we fulfill the services, but as them. Uh, so we'll call the okay. client up and be like, 
uh, hey, uh, this is Joe from ABC Agency, whatever the name of that agency is, and uh, we're just here to you know get your website done. So they get all the praise, but we do the work. Behind the scenes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and it's at wholesale pricing so they can make a margin on it, a profit. Interesting. How, how you come up with that? That's, that's an awesome idea. Yeah. <laughs> so the so, way I came up with that is because of Monopolize. So Monopolize is my marketing agency. Got it. So we actually go directly like to businesses. Uh, and So business uh, to business? Yeah, business oh, no. to business. Okay. So um, let's say like a cosmetic surgeon, right? They want to uh, build, you know, build their brand up, have websites, all that stuff. Like that's that's my actual like marketing agency, advertising agency. Mm-hmm. Um, we work with some really large brands like Fortune 500s. Um, we actually started as an influencer marketing agency. So like originally it was an influencer marketing agency and we basically found out that a lot of creators and influencers are broke. So there's people with 30 million followers who can't even pay their $2,000 a month rent. That's wild. Wow. It's, it's yeah. crazy. I, <laughs> but, I wanted to get into that too. I, I've got some great questions for you. So yeah. well, here's the thing though, is like yeah. these creators, these influencers, they're good at creating content for the most part, with the exception of guys like Logan, Jake Paul, who they're business savvy as well. Extremely. These other guys are just, uh, they're just creators. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to monetize it. So we were helping them do that. But through that, we found this subset of other people who have money and want to become influencers. So we started uh, kind of doing both where we help influencers monetize. At the same time, we help uh, people who have money become influencers. So that was like the foundation of it. But the biggest problem with having an agency of this kind is um, I was trying to grow the business while at the same time managing the business. And you can't do both. Mm-hmm. Like you're, you're playing with two balls. And so um, I was like, this is, I had no life. I was st- working like 80 hours a week. And I was like, there's got to be a better way for this. And so that's when I was like, what if there is a way for me to like just get the clients and pass them off to someone else? I was like, I looked around. There wasn't anything that was worthwhile. So I'm like, let's create it. Because an agency box was created. And what we started doing is just telling other agencies who like already, they already sent me business. So instead of them sending me business, I just said, have the relationships so that trust you in, in, in a yeah, way. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they like, kind of like like being known as a plug like someone who can get stuff done mm-hmm. they just want like like mm. when they got a problem they ask me if we can do it first sure so rather than me and my team like sitting here in a text thread we just said here's a software tool why don't you use it you can just you know run it through here in our portal and take care of it and now we have 3500 agencies on agency box using the platform oh, that's oh, wow. huge yeah yeah, yeah the, the influencer is just it's exploded and i'm glad you brought that up cuz that's what i've heard is nobody makes money but but they're driving traffic though Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't get it like so. There's got to be a separate transaction. So if you're I'm, I'm no one talk about Kim Kardashian and people like that, but sure. because they've done extremely well. But other influencers they're they're hidden, but they must not be getting a they, they must be getting a very very small percentage of of what they're driving traffic for. Yeah, and they don't know what they're they, you know they don't know what they should take for these uh, like from these deals. Mm-hmm. So they're just out okay. here like getting uh, used by companies, and sometimes the, a lot of influencers don't know where to find companies to pay them. So there's a, a problem there. And I think there's a big opportunity there for people who are wanting to get involved in that space to, mm-hmm. I think here's the biggest opportunity I see right now in there. You know what SAG is? The, it's the like, Screen Actors Guild. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's like a word, yeah. Something like that, but for creators where there's like something, some, and I, I'm not like huge on unions, but, um, but that's a union and the creators need something where they yeah. can collectively come together and have a say. They don't mm-hmm. and therefore they're being used and, and abuse and so there's a big opportunity there that i don't have the capacity to work on right now 
But that's a huge that's a huge piece to be able yeah, to do, man. Yeah, it's becoming like, bigger and bigger, too. Yeah, because you see it so much behind the scenes, and you're like, what is going on? But you see them driving traffic. You see how they're driving traffic. But I'm glad you guys are doing it because there's a huge, huge, huge market for it. So with everything you've been doing, what, what do you think is like the biggest obstacle you've dealt with with building any of your companies? So what I do right now is like I have an online brand. And my online brand is like motivation and like, you know, business and, and similar stuff to what you guys are building and your sure. audience is about. Um, so I talk about you don't need a job. You don't need a boss. You don't need that. But then at the same time, I have employees that work. Oh, yeah. So I'm like, I'm like, uh, and my team, like we have great culture. We overpay everyone. They have, awesome. uh, they have, I'll tell you a little bit about our company. We have unlimited time, unlimited paid time off. Oh, nice. Yeah. So that must like, be a Canada. That's bringing that Canada love <laughs> to, to the States because nobody does that in the States. Yeah, yeah. I think there's only like one or two other companies yeah. uh, in, in the world that do that. So unlimited okay. t- paid time off. They can literally work as little as they want. They get two flex days every single week. So what a flex day means is they can work, uh, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday at the office. And then Thursday, Friday, those are the two flex days. Let's say they can go work wherever they want. They work from home. They could work instead of working from nine to five, they could work from from 12 p.m. to 8 a.m., like they can do whatever they want as long as the work's getting done. We're happy with it. That's pretty sick. And we have props amazing benefits. Yeah, props to you on that. Thank you, man. Yeah. Um. So, so, anyways, uh, that being said, our team culture is phenomenal. But I'm sitting here preaching to the internet. You don't need a job. You don't need a boss. And then I'm like, turn to my employees. I'm like, except you guys. You guys. <laughs> you guys need employees. You guys need to be. You guys need a boss. You guys yeah. need a job. You know, so, one thing I see, you know, especially from, you know, being a younger entrepreneur is the fact that you are coming from a different generation of business, right? And essentially, I think we're leaning more towards that where you're not a boss figure necessarily. You're more of a creating a culture, a partner with these mm-hmm. people that are also helping you as much as you're helping them. And I think you implementing those policies are going to become more and more prevalent for even more established businesses. Like, what do you think that you doing that has helped kind of propel your success? That's mm-hmm. it's a cool way of looking at it. Some of my employees actually like we encourage them to have their own agencies. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what that's what got me to where I am. So it's like I, one my my personal number one core value is freedom. My second number one my second core value is growth. So it's like I instill that into our company culture with I just told you our you know yeah, it's awesome. a lot of freedom, <laughs> but at the same time like build your own freaking stuff on the side. Like we're here to support it. Like if you want to use our services for your own stuff, use them. We'll give you a, a discount on it. Um, and these are our, our shirts. We, uh, our company shirts, agency, agency owner, owner. Yep. you know, I want my employees to be building their own agency. Cause you know, this isn't, uh, this isn't where they're going to be forever. I'd rather You're not worried about the competition. There's no competition. We, we have the best product in the marketplace by far at the price point. Um, we're miles ahead of anyone else. And yeah. And like, there's no, there's no competition. No, and even if there was, yeah. I'm like all about like, you know, let's share resources. Cause if, if you guys are my competitor, you're going to challenge me to get better. I'm going to challenge you to get better. I Then you, you challenge me, I challenge you, and back and forth, and then the whole world lifts it lifts up. Mm-hmm. I love your mentality, man. Yeah, it's I very interesting. Love it. Yeah, I love the mentality. Because and I think, you know, building yeah. a culture like that, to me, and I'm sorry mm-hmm. to get back to that, but it just yeah. seems so important, especially now mm-hmm. in an age of, like, we're having so many people resigning, quitting their jobs. <laughs> I would assume your employee retention rate is extremely high. Yeah. And I, I think it has to do I don't think we've had – I had we had, I've had one person quit uh, ever, and yeah. it's because she had a baby and I had to start working fully remote. 
yeah. she was having a kid. That's it. Yeah, it's interesting. I think a lot of people need to start looking at employees in a very similar way. Like we, it's all about personal growth and opportunity. You're not there just to punch a clock and go home. It's mm-hmm. it's coming more and more important to be a part of that culture. Yeah, we were just we literally were just talking about that. It's yeah. like when when the pandemic hit, right? Everybody and their mom were, you know, going, doing whatever they needed to do. But then you started working from home and you have all Zoom and Teams and everything's taken over. What do you think? Do you think we continue to work for like the brick and mortar offices and things like that? Or do you think we are more mobile and working from home and, you know, kind of that transition? And the reason why I ask that is because you see in Vegas invest so much in all these office buildings and everything. And I'm like, where are all these people going to work at? You know what I mean? Because most, a lot of people are working from home. Yeah. And I'm very curious what, you know, what's your, what's your thought process on that? Yeah. So I just signed a five-year lease on an office space. Oh, okay. That answers it. But it's because I believe in the creative collaboration that you get in person. Like I'm sitting here, we could do this on Zoom. Uh, yeah. Uh, can we you have. talk to this man? Please <laughs> yeah. talk again. I like this conversation. Go ahead. Go right ahead. We yeah. could do it on Zoom, but it wouldn't okay. be like this. Yeah. I 1000% agree. He did, I'm going to say this, right? He can't, he likes the Zoom. I love Zoom. Yeah. I, I love this. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's for me, so. like, I'm a very, like you said, normally in my day job, it's, I'm a numbers guy. It's just punching numbers all day long. So I don't need to be in a collaborative environment for that. I'm just doing work. <laughs> but in a situation like yours, where it is very creative, it is very, you know, dynamic when having other, feeding off people and brainstorming, that I can see being in person, possibly. He's yeah, like, jumping okay. over each other. Yeah. Like, no, I agree. No, know? the energy of being in, in a space like you were saying like bringing ideas to get, get together generating ideas like you talking about the sag awards and things mm-hmm. like that you you learn from the people that you're working with you're spending a lot of time with them mm-hmm. and you can create and collab and it's just it's just really cool so i agree with you i, I agree cool, with man. you but, 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 but i like the idea of what you were saying where they can do the flex hours i think that's that's pretty that's a good middle ground no like, i never thought, thought i heard anybody say that before that's very interesting like yeah. middle ground between work from home and also being able to go into the office when you feel free to do that. The only thing I would say is it was very similar as, you know, God bless the dead, which is obviously Tony Shea. I remember when we took the tour at, at Zappos, mm-hmm. he kind of has, not that you work from, you know, flex hours, but the energy of being, there's no office, you know, there's no walls, things like that. I love the energy of being there and you can feel that when you're going. And I, mm-hmm. I bet you that's the same thing at agency. Yeah. Box, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you is. can feel that when you go into office space. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it's a little bit harder because I'm sitting there and I'm trying to get stuff done in my employee. Every, sure. Every Five minutes, someone's like, do you have a minute? Do you have a of minute? Of course, yeah. I'm like, yeah, come on, you know, come in, right? Yeah. But, uh, but, uh, but yeah, man, it's funny you bring up Tony Shea. So Tony Shea really, I think, had a big impact on the city. And, and I, I didn't agree. really get to see mm. everything because I've only been here a few years. Yeah. But there's a lot of opportunity in the city to uh, to grow and, and make it better. And we don't um, – uh, what percentage – you know what percentage of your audience is – is Vegas based? Would you say majority like, or yeah, less like majority? Yeah, majority. Majority, yeah, majority is. But then there's a lot that's believe it or not, we're we're trickling out of out of the country and then also different parts of the areas like Boston, you know, Chicago, uh, California, also. So we're kind of trickling. A that's little cool. Bit. Yeah, yeah. So um, Vegas is a great place, and I always say that if you live in Vegas and you don't drink, uh, smoke, gamble like excessively, you sure. benefit from everyone else that does because they're the casinos are out here paying a lot to the communities in the form of taxes and mm-hmm. the infrastructure. Of course. Yeah. Whereas like we don't pay state income tax because the casinos are doing that for us. Of course. So Vegas is a great place and there's a lot of uh, opportunity here. Um, and I think I would love to see downtown, like take what Tony Shea's done, enhance it, like 
like 10x and have it be like a place where locals are every single weekend every local wants to be there mm-hmm. no one goes to the strip anymore but tourists only go there and there's a mm-hmm. spot where locals like we're walking on the street you know girls are are happy to be out at 2 a.m without you know they don't have to worry about anything mm-hmm. and i feel like it'd be really really amazing and i would love to help help with that you know mm-hmm. i think i plan to be here i have no plans to leave i love this city yeah. And uh, so, us both, yeah, we, yeah, yeah, we, we planted, we planted our flags. So, so thirty yeah. years from now, maybe that, yeah. maybe that's what we can have. You know? No, I agree. I, I read Tony Shea's book, and he's just amazing. He's amazing with the visionary to be able to do, and we need to do that. You and know, the impact he made with just one person, like you said, if you yeah. do it as a collective organization of people all looking for that same goal, it's just a matter of time. Like it really definitely needs a revitalization down there. I agree. It's happening a little bit, but definitely a lot more to do. Where do you think is just kind of switch a little bit? Where do you think is the best place to run ads? Just because that's kind of your space. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, if if I were to bounce it back on you, what would you say to that question? So it's funny you say that. With Super Bowl coming up, I would think people would want to put money there just because you got you know Snoop and Dre and Mary J. Blige and all those eyes. But it's very expensive for you to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. So you got to be a big company. But I would think Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn has been. You know, I, I'm hearing the analytics for LinkedIn is excellent. Um, it depends on your product or what it is that you're trying to sell. Google ads, probably Facebook, Instagram, targeted marketing, depending on what it is that you're trying to accomplish. True. And yeah. then also influencer marketing, I think would be extremely huge at this point. If I'm especially if I'm trying to launch a brand, that'd yeah. be most important. I know this is this is a chess move for you. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I guess how technical of it because I can give like I can give like the like the million dollar like the answer that's worth a million dollars to people. Yeah. Um, or I can give you just like the you know the quick like ten second answer. Which one do you want? You want the technical million dollar? We'll start answer? with the ten second. Then we'll <laughs> delve in maybe if we need to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Cool. I'm so, just curious your mindset. I'm just curious your yeah, mindset. So so Facebook is and Instagram are good for like if you have a product that appeals to everybody and anyone could buy it any any time. So if you're selling car ba- uh, if you're selling replacement car batteries, mm-hmm. it's probably not a good idea because people only need those at a certain time when their car battery dies. Got it. But if you're selling um, uh, like skin cream, you know, to old ladies like that want to have better skin, sure. that's mass market, mass appeal all the time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Google ads are good for if you're looking for a, so, someone who's specifically searching something at a specific time, like a car battery. Got their it. car's dead. They're looking for a car battery near me. They'll mm-hmm. go to Google. Um, and then influencer marketing is great if you're looking for mass exposure and more brand awareness rather than direct response. Mm-hmm. Direct response would be like immediate sales. Sure. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I'd say that's that's the 10-second okay. version. No, I yeah. like it. I like it, yeah. No, it's, it's, you're just always seeing people pig, you know, play and do all these different things. But then you're starting to see now that influ- influencer marketing, it seems like it can be very gimmicky. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's the other thing. I think it's kinda, leading towards that way because I think yeah. now it's more important for the people that actually appreciate that brand. When you're paying somebody to do it, it's hard to fake like you love it. It's like, uh, yeah. I love these like chips. this tea or whatever it is. Or this yeah. tea. That's my yeah. favorite tea. Like, yeah. there's no way to get around that. But if yeah. it's somebody just casually drinking it, yeah. of somebody you appreciate, it's a little bit different because you feel or more Or if they're wearing it and you don't know what they're doing. <laughs> and it's strategic. Yeah. It's very strategic. It's like subliminal yeah. advertising versus right. in your face. Like what they do in movies when they have like a Coke can in the back. Exactly, yeah. All that product placement is mixed. Have you seen more and more of that, like where they're the force placement in it uh, all the time? And that yeah. to me, it's so gimmicky. I do. I see everything, like <laughs> yeah. like literally everything from like news articles. I see how the like the headlines are manipulated to create a certain reaction. I see it in songs, the way people write songs, like shock factor. Everything that's all yeah. like we're being marketed marketed to twenty four seven, and you don't notice it until you start to tune into it. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dig into that for later. For our listeners, we always ask like, what's one nugget you can leave our <laughs> listeners with, whether they want to build a business or they're scared or whatever it is, what's a nugget you would, you would leave for them? 
Um, so just start. Like, like don't confuse knowledge for action. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, they like they learn, they buy the courses, they read the books, but then they don't actually implement anything. Mm-hmm. Like, if I were to go back and tell my myself like ten years ago, like what to, <coughs> what to do to get started, like just just start. You're gonna screw up along the way, but that's the best way to learn. Mm-hmm. And so whatever it takes, like like get rid of those limiting beliefs that are like. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll start tomorrow. I'll start tomorrow. Like, just start today. Take action. Do what you know you got to do. Because we all know yeah. what we got to do. Yeah. Just do it. And I love what you said at the beginning. First thing was you went back, figured it out, resold everything, and then threw that capital back in. I love it. So mm-hmm. our listeners definitely need to listen to that for, for sure. Since you've been here for the last three years, you know, living from Vancouver, what's your favorite restaurant in, in Vegas? Man. So my business partner and I, when we go out, like, take clients out, we go to SDK. Oh, we have a really good relationship. That's been on our, our show a lot. Yeah. SDK is great. Yeah. <laughs> They're good. Um uh the music is a little loud. I'm not yeah. a loud talker. <laughs> yeah. So I like to go a little bit quieter. Yeah. Um and so um this is gonna maybe not sound like, you know, I, I don't know, as as good, but uh Lindo Micho Chan, you guys know it? Oh yeah, which one? I think they have three. Do you know the one in Henderson? Spot. I know yeah. the one in Henderson and the one in Summerlin on Flamingo. Oh yeah. Both those Both are good. Those are my favorite Mexican spots. It's a little bit, you know. Different, but yeah, those yeah. are my. No, uh, they got good. They got, yeah, fan. they got great food. Those, those are good ones. So, Linda Muchacan and SDK, both great restaurants. Um, what are you focusing on just to kind of finish up the year strong and then going into next year? Um, so, uh, Agency Box, we're going to be raising capital in Q1 of next year. Awesome. Um, so, we're putting together all our stuff. Uh, we're raising capital because um, we have uh, a major opportunity to scale this into a uh, hundreds of million dollar company or a billion dollar company in the next couple of years here. And so we're capitalizing on that. We're going to raise money and just explode this thing up. So awesome, man. That's, that's my focus. It's awesome to be able to see what you're yeah, doing, 100%. man. It's just a young age. I mean, for the first time when me and Chris had met you, we both instantly say, yeah, we got to have him on. Yeah. <laughs> we got to have you on. Big stuff. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's awesome to be able to see and just the energy and how your mindset is and how you're going to carry this. And, uh, Guys, pay attention, man. When they launch that Q1, um, it's going to be great. Where can people reach you at? Some of your social handles. and Yeah, and Instagram's yeah. the best. It's just okay. at Dylan Van Ness, D-Y-L-A-N-V-A-N-A-S. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the best place. Shoot me a message or okay. hit me up. Pay attention to this guy, yeah, man. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he's doing some great things, man. And uh, we appreciate you hanging out with us, man, and, yeah, and being able to pick your brain. Yeah, thanks, Dylan. Over this great. period. And um, you can check us out. I mean, we're, we're uh, pretty much everywhere. Apple Podcasts. Uh, I heart the whole nine. You can check us out at TheVegasCircle.com. So appreciate you, Dylan. That was good stuff, man. Cool. Thanks, yeah, brother. Appreciate yeah. it. That was good stuff.